Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across the disgustingly terrible desk from me is Charles, on time today, Thompson. That is that is your given Christian name, so I thought I should call you by that name. Also, second tallest libertarian that we know of, and something about being too tall and stuck. How's it going today, Chuck? Hi. Hi, my name's Chuck. Uh, I like Twitters. Can you imagine if that's a, if that's how we had to do a podcast? By the way, like you're two people who shouldn't be doing a podcast at all. I know that that's weird for you guys to consider. But if we were two people who shouldn't be doing a podcast, and we're like, hey, today we're going to be talking to you guys about economics. Yeah, I really hope everyone's excited about this. We're going to talk about Janet Yellen. Mm-hmm. We get an article here from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. Smash that subscribe button. This is the Good Morning Liberty I'm podcast. I'm just going to keep going. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning in a, in, it's an enthusiastic, hilarious, fantastic way. And we, you know it's fantastic because at the beginning of our very episode, we just tell you that this is another fantastic episode. And so that's what you, get, that's what you do in life. You just d- declare it. You manifest it. You say, this is how it's going to go, and this is how it's going to be. Now, look, there are some ep- episodes better than others. But as far as podcaster goes, I mean, I I know a lot of podcasters, mm-hmm. and uh, they're great people. They're all yeah, they're good people, good yeah. podcasters out mm-hmm. there even. Um, but I we can podcast with the best of them. <laughs> we can we can podcast on time, and we can anytime we podcast. It doesn't matter. But anyway, you're listening to <laughs> Hawaii's favorite morning show, and it's just great to be with all mm-hmm. of you. And uh, you know, I'm just it's been a pretty good week, and um, uh, I'm I'm just. I'm so excited for her. How much liberty is going to come after the destruction? Um, I don't know about you. I have a random conversation here for you, Charlie. I was talking to the wife last night, mm. and we were talking Which about doesn't the, happen often. Yeah, but. I don't. I don't talk much. <laughs> and um, we were talking about the vaccine. You know, the vaccine. When I say the vaccine, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. And she's able to get it now. She wants to. Actually, everybody in Tennessee is eligible now. So um, we were talking about it, and she doesn't particularly want to get it all that much. She she said it's a little bit too new, a little bit too untested. We don't really know any of the long-term effects. And she was asking me what I knew about the vaccine itself. And honestly, I don't know a lot. A lot of you guys might follow some of this information when it comes to whether or not the vaccine is safe or unsafe, I tend to lean towards the idea that vaccines are more safe than they are harmful. And I will tell you, I've never really been, a, I've never been against a vaccine. But what's interesting for me is she's not super interested in taking it. Um, she asked me if I would take it. And I wanted to know if some of you libertarians are the same way. Because what, what I basically said was, well... I don't really care. I'm not really against it or anything, but since everyone really wants me to take it, I'm probably, it's going to take someone forcefully making me take it for me to actually get the vaccine now. She's like, you eat the apple. Yeah. No, I mean, she just wanted to know. See if this is poisonous, (laughs) Nate. Be my knight in shining armor. Be my Nate in shining armor. She really wanted to know what I thought about it since I'm following and since I keep up on all this stuff. And you really haven't heard a lot of things about it going negatively unless you have allergies 
Uh, you can have bad allergic reactions, things like that. Which so, can happen with shellfish. Yeah, I mean, it can, yeah, yeah it happens with peanut butter quite quite yeah. a bit. Pe- peanuts, are, peanuts will kill you, let me tell you what. Mm-hmm. And so, what I, I just wanted to know of some of you libertarians, what is it about libertarians that, are, that make them so contrarian? Because I personally, I don't have anything really against taking a vaccine for something that could be deadly. But since I know what's going on in the political landscape, I'm like, no, no, I'm not taking the vaccine. You can't I'm not doing it. Me. They're going to have to tie me down and put me in a cell before I'll take that thing. Well, you you hate needles, so you got <laughs> yeah. that going yeah. for you. I, I mean, look, <clears throat> the science, I mean, a gist of the science behind it is it's uh, essentially it's an mRNA mm-hmm. type of vaccine. Uh, so it is uh, they say that they're injecting DNA. Uh, not true. It's essentially it's the recreation of the spike protein. So the. COVID virus is, um, you know, imagine a little virus here and it's, uh, has all these spike proteins that come out of its center. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a little spike ball, you know, a uh, really tiny one though. It's really hard to see. And so what they've done is they've just mimicked that spike protein. Yeah. Um, for the most part, just to kind of, it's in simplified terms. Well, now I'm definitely going to go get it now that I know yeah. how that works. Yeah. I, look, I, you know, I, based on what I've seen, I don't think it's, dangerous i don't know i don't think you know bill gates has some conspiracy theory where we're going to kill off people in 10 years but also you don't know you really don't know i mean they call medicine a practice for a reason yeah it's always practice we nothing's for certain in life but you know covid could kill you the vaccine could kill you the coke the woke zero could kill you your diet most people's (laughs) diets are going to kill them honestly i'll tell you that much so it so look and but i think the other thing i think too i think if you're young and healthy like if you're below the age of 50 and you're pretty healthy then that you don't really need it it's just not a big deal right it's, yeah like i, I yeah. don't it's like i don't really care but either, if you get sick way. you need to avoid going to see your grandparents and stuff yeah. the people who would be at risk what if your grandparents are vaccinated i think they should get vaccinated yeah they do yeah um, I know, I know some older folks who got vaccinated in their eighties, got vaccinated. Uh, one of them didn't have any side effects and the other had, um, was tired for like a day and that was it. Yeah. And they're 82 and 80. I so. just, uh, I don't like doing things that a lot of people want me to do. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't want to, I don't think the government should force it. Of course. That's the libertarian stance. Yeah. But a lot of people that are looking at information like, Oh, you know, this is gonna, this is bad for you or whatever. <clears throat> in general, for the most part, if you look throughout history, it's just a quick study of history. <clears throat> vaccines are generally better for you than they are worse. It's better that people are vaccinated than that disease running rampant throughout the population, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I have to say about that. I hope we don't get tagged as some type of an anti-vax thing. We've already gotten two dings, two or three on YouTube now. Anytime we talk about COVID or we talk about the vaccine passport. So I know this video right now will not be making it on YouTube. John is going to make sure that this gets cut out because anytime we talk about COVID or vaccines or anything, they end up blocking us and giving us another strike before they remove our YouTube channel. So this just isn't going to uh this is isn't going to go go out there i guess it's just for you guys in the private group and everyone on the podcast so the Im- the important news the important news well i want to say of the some day. people are saying that some people took it and died that's true 
Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's always going to be true. But that's true. true of anything. Yeah. Some people um, didn't and died. And Clay, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, he, I don't know if I, you want me repeating that on the show, so I won't. But sorry to hear that. Um, and you know, like I said, though, I mean, can, you can die from a vaccine or a car wreck or from COVID itself. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, somebody close to me did uh, Sunday. So look, <laughs> the, the whatever, if you want, maybe sad or maybe the happy truth. I don't know. Is at the end, there's death. We're all going to die. Yeah. Now we're against it wholeheartedly on this podcast. You I don't guys like know that. And if you subscribe to this podcast, you would understand that we're, we're the founding members of Antida. Uh, so we're anti-death uh, first and foremost. I mean, that's the bylaw number one of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. You know, technically it's, we say Antida, but it would be anti like D-E. So it would be just honestly just be called Antid. Anti-day. <laughs> Anti-day. Anti-day. That's what it's called. Okay, from... But but look, that, but for some people, you know, maybe life is such hell that you're looking forward to that that crossing of the of the river. Yeah. You know, you want to get to the other side. So, so yeah, no matter which way you look at it. For a long time, I've been hearing that the tax rates in the country... They don't really matter that corporations won't leave if there's higher taxes, that people won't move between states. Remember, this has been an argument from people on the left, from people of the more socialist perspective, that you can just raise tax rates to whatever you want, and people are going to pay it. That's oh, there's always going to be a 1%. There's always going... Thank you. That's so interesting that you would bring up the fact that there's always going to be a 1% because I happen to have... Uh, put that video in the show notes for today. Um, but we've been told this whole time that it doesn't matter what you raise the tax, tax rates to, uh, people are going to pay them, uh, that they're not going to move. This just isn't going to happen. And from what I can tell, from what I can tell so far, people on the left are starting to realize that that is not the case. That, and actually, talking about crafting policy that brings up the fact that this is purely just not the case whatsoever. And so Janet Yellen is out there. The Treasury Secretary, used to be Fed Chair Janet Yellen, is out there calling for a global minimum corporate tax rate. Now, what's really interesting is why would you need, if tax rates don't affect people moving around, if people don't leave to escape taxes, if it doesn't affect people's economic decisions or where they live or where they base their corporations then I don't really know why you would be worried about this. But it, there seems to be a fairly big push right now for global minimum corporate tax rate, and I just don't know why that would be the case. I mean, how can you say Janet Yellen's <clears throat> on the left, though, Nate? She's obviously nonpartisan. Of course. She was a Fed chair. She's, yeah. you know, she, she's just an economist. She was part of the Federal Reserve, so she's not partisan at all. Mm. She's totally independent. There's no way. Yeah. So from She's worked for <laughs> both sides. From CNN here. Janet Yellen calls for a global minimum corporate tax rate in first major address as Treasury Secretary. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen called for a global minimum corporate tax rate on Monday, a pitch that comes as the Biden administration begins to sell its roughly $2 trillion infrastructure and jobs proposal that would raise U.S. corporate tax rates to fund the massive plan. Quote, we're working with G20 nations to agree to a global minimum corporate tax rate that can stop the race to the bottom. Together, we can use global minimum tax to make sure that global economy thrives. 
based on more level playing field than the taxation multinational corporation and spurs innovation growth and prosperity I actually brought up a video of her talking about this because the things that she says are insane when you think about what the hey, government listen to what she said at the end does. here though spurs innovation growth and prosperity yeah you guys know a simple economic truth which is what you tax you get less of yeah so how can you tax and then say this is going to spur innovation growth and prosperity it's completely antithetical mm. to the actual law theory it's a theory but <laughs> we can call it a law of economics what you tax you get less of so let's see what she had to say about this it's pretty it's pretty wild pretty ridiculous that we're even having this conversation oh, i heard she's a great speaker another I'm consequence of an interconnected on world the edge of my seat. has been a 30-year race to the bottom on corporate tax rates <laughs> Competitiveness is about more than how U.S. Headquarters com headquartered companies fare against other companies in global merger and acquisition. Now, one thing I want to point out already in part of this conversation, a global, remember, we have to stop this problem. Here's the problem. There's a global race to the bottom in corporate tax rates. We got to stop this problem. There's a race to the bottom. Guys, the bottom is the government not taking money from people by force. Yeah. That's where the bottom, the bottom is zero where people get to make money and the government doesn't threaten you with imprisonment and take the money away from you by force. That's what mm -hmm. the bottom is in this. We're not talking about wages where there's a race to the bottom and people aren't making any money for their labor or anything like that. The bottom is the government not getting to take money from people anymore. Ooh, yeah, that's terrible. I hate that. It's like it's like states competing for business, right? Yeah. So when you have no state income tax, there's a lot of people moving to Tennessee from California to New York. Mm -hmm. I wonder why. And Illinois, too, probably. A lot of people moving to Texas, obviously. I wonder why. Um, why would that be the case? You're telling me that they're not just going to stay there when they raise state taxes in California? From New what York? I can tell, tax rates don't matter. People aren't going to. There's always going to be a 1%. Mm. That they're not going to leave. Come on. It's about making sure that governments have stable tax systems that raise sufficient revenue to invest in essential public goods and respond to crises, and that all citizens fairly share the burden of financing government. So I can get my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> so she says <laughs> that last part. That all citizens share the responsibility of financing government and making sure that governments can receive, you know, proper revenues so they can take care of all these critical public goods that governments are always taking care of. I mean, and invest and invest, invest. Yes, because that's what governments do. Governments invest money and then they recoup more money off of that off of their investments. That's obviously what happens. They don't just continuously spend more and more money and run themselves into more and more debt. No, they invest because everyone knows that the most famous investors are people who took money and invested it and set it all on fire and then had to take more money from people and then invested it and then it was all gone and it failed and they had to take more money and then they invested it and you guys get the idea. And then they just ran up a massive debt. That's what Warren Buffett is most famous for is running up a massive personal and, mm -hmm. and corporate debt because of all of his investing. That's, that's what he's most famous for. Yes. Is his, in his investments. Mm -hmm. President Biden's proposals announced last week call for bold domestic action, 
including to raise the U.S. minimum tax rate and renewed international engagement, recognizing that it's important to work with other countries to end the pressures of tax competition and corporate tax base erosion. It's important to work with other countries to end the pressures of tax competition. Governments love monopoly. Governments are monopoly. If you listen to anyone on the left when they talk about business, they're very, very much against monopolies. They don't like it at all. That monopolies are bad because then there's no competition and then people just get to charge you whatever they want and you're constantly taken advantage of. But we need to work with all these other countries to end tax competition between the countries. Mm -hmm. That way they can all finally tax as much as they want and we don't have to worry about anyone leaving because why would you leave? There's nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. This is disgusting stuff to listen to from the Treasury Secretary. It's equal though, Nate. This is about equity. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why you don't want to play fair. I don't know. We're working with G20 nations to agree to a global minimum corporate tax rate that can stop the race to the bottom. Together, we can use a global minimum tax to make sure the global economy thrives based on a more level playing field in the taxation of multinational corporations and spurs innovation, growth, and prosperity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What if you're not what if you're not part of the G20 nations? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a you know, there's so many disgusting things inside of this video when you think about it. I mean, she's talking about to ensure what she's doing is she's using all these talking points that the left uses about jobs and wages and equity and things like that, but she's placing the government as the victim in the scenario, which is really interesting to try and think about doing, to like place the U.S. government as the victim mm-hmm. in the world scenario here, because we have a race to the bottom. That is normally, that's a talking point about wages normally and about why we have to have a minimum wage and it's gotta be raised and all that kind of stuff. Is normally why you have this term race to the bottom that people use. And in this instance, she's talking about racing to the bottom for the money that governments can bring in to do things and to make sure that we have a level playing field for the U.S. government to and comp- governments around the world and governments around the world mm. to take money from people, yeah, so they can use it on whatever it is that they want to use it on. Just like you know the mafia, <laughs> yeah, by the way, it is when uh, there were different territories and the you know the Italians would run into the Russians, be like, oh well, you're only charging your storefronts, you know, twenty percent premium. We're at twenty. We can't go lower than twenty five. This is not fair. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to bust your knuckles. <laughs> I'm going to bust my knuckles. Yeah. I'm going to crack of your skull. <laughs> that's <laughs> until, that's great. Until it's fair. And we'll leave your territory alone. Okay. It's just, this is insanity. Insanity. And uh, like, but a are lo- you surprised? No, I'm not surprised because, you know, people have been talking about things like this for a long time. It's actually pretty crazy. Um, I mean, you've heard, you've heard these conspiracies about the one world government. You know, it's all going to be one government eventually. The new world order is going to take over everything. And I hate that we're consistently moving towards those ideas that a lot of people just say are conspiracy theories and crazy tinfoil hat things. 
really being true. But the idea that all the governments are going to get together and agree on tax rates. So your so your company doesn't have a choice but to pay the taxes to the government. Like you said, it's a it's a mafia. The real race to the bottom <clears throat> is the citizens. That's yeah. the, that's going to be the race to the actual bottom. And uh, what I think I think this was Todd. Sorry, there's a bunch. Of, no, Joe said uh, no, Todd. These ideas are the ones that make us all poor, but the political class become rich. Yeah, and that's exactly true. So the actual bottom is is the citizens uh, are all poor. And if you're in government, then you're fine. There's yeah, no big deal. And they're and they're going to ensure that. I mean, like I said, this entire idea that they've now placed governments as the role of the victim in this conversation is crazy. And how can you even get away? I, there's how many times do I have to say this? How is this okay to even be talking about in public? How do we get here? Say it again. How is this okay? to be on national news or to put out videos as members of the government. When did this become okay for people to talk about and it just be this normal thing? We are so far removed from what, I'll just be America right now. We're so far removed from what America was supposed to be, which was individual liberty, a place where people could be the best that they could be and not just in the army. All right, they could be the best they could be and they could create and they could produce and they could innovate and this is where you would be with without a crushing king that was going to destroy you and forcefully take your money away from you and not give you anything in return. That was the whole idea. And it's just it's gone. It's gone. Doesn't exist. It's, it left us. You said it twice in a row now, but I don't think it's enough still. But How do we get here to this place <laughs> where Janet Yellen all right. Anyway, that was enough. This yelling <laughs> <laughs> um, about it, the race to the bottom of these poor governments. Yeah. These um, poor, 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 poor victimized governments. Picking on Ireland, you know, yeah. their 15% corporate tax rate. <laughs> you know, the, those greedy Irelanders so, that are that are housing these corporate shells of these greedy, evil corporations. So there's a couple things you can take from this. One, I don't really see this I don't really see this going through because why would a government that has a lower corporate tax rate decide that they're just going to raise their corporate tax rate to help the United States? Why would they decide that? If you're if you're a government overseas and you have and you have a lower corporate tax rate and US companies have been coming there to enjoy your lower tax rate, why would you just be like, oh, yeah, you're right. A bunch of your companies are coming to our country and we're sorry about that. And so we'll raise our taxes to make sure none of your corporations come to our country anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, who's actually going to do this? Come, really? No, no one's really going to do this. I don't know how think. much money we give them on the back end. I guess it depends on what <laughs> other little regulations and laws and trade rules, tariffs and stuff that we decide to to use on the back end to make sure that people will actually do it. Mm. And so anyway, it's just a, it's a disgusting, disgusting video from Janet. Old Janet. Mm. <sighs> oh, we have a follow-up from yesterday's story. They fixed the problem, by the way, with that whole moving the MLB away from Georgia. Oh, I know. I was really worried about it. Yeah. I was, and I'm, I'm now more than ecstatic. Well, because that it's, it's more equitable now. 
as far as I can tell, um, they they did everything right. Well, because they were really mad about Georgia's voting mm. laws. Georgia instituted well Jim Crow. Jim Crow 2.0. 2.0. And apparently in Colorado they're still on version 1.89 yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. So it's a maybe a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you that there's no so, in case in case y'all don't know it's Masters week by the way. Masters the Masters is this weekend. It's the greatest weekend of the year and i don't care what you have to say about anything else um it's a tradition unlike any other all right (laughs) you know you drive down magnolia lane i've never been there (coughs) but i hear it's awesome anyway um they're even asking the pga tour players about this crap yeah i'm sure and they're like well what where do you stand on uh voting rights essentially and roy mcelroy who's from ireland (laughs) he lives in the u.s now though he's like oh i'm i i like america and i moved here well, I equal. I like equal voting. <laughs> sounds more British. Than yeah, that Irish, was pretty British. But, but uh, you know, it was. He's doesn't sound American. <laughs> the gifts, by the way. <laughs> he was born. Yeah, I mean, his his parents. I think some of them are from Australia. So, like, you know, there's a lot of different things going on. But anyway, Who knows? I pulled this article from Newsweek. So this from uh, Newsweek, as Nate just mentioned, Colorado site of the new MLB All Star Game. Man, they really just turned around. That that was a quick turnaround. Yeah. Has more restrictive voting laws than Georgia. <laughs> no. Uh. This couldn't be. I mean, Colorado is the first state to legalize weed. Well, and plus This is the state that just it's screaming liberal. <laughs> plus, the MLB is super worried about voting rights. Mm-hmm. Like that's how important this is, and everyone on the left is super worried about these rights. That's what they're worried about. Major League Baseball plans to move the 2021 All-Star Game from Atlanta to Denver in protest of Georgia's new restrictive voting laws, despite Colorado, in some cases, having more stringent laws. Georgia has 17 days of in-person early voting, included two, uh, including two optional Sundays. Colorado has 15. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp told Fox News on Tuesday. Well, that's from Fox News. Yeah. Though, so. yeah. so what I'm being told... They also have uh, a photo ID requirement, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. A voter ID requirement for absentee ballots is one of the new provisions mandated by Georgia's legislation, SB 202, which Kemp signed into law on March 25th. The law also calls for fewer ballot drop boxes and makes it a crime to bring food or water to voters waiting in line to cast ballots. Now, obviously, this... If you're from... (laughs) Uh, a political organization. Yeah, this this article is still obviously slanted towards all of the myths that we hear yeah. about the voting law. Uh, like it calls for fewer ballot drop boxes, which before 2020 there weren't any ballot drop boxes. At like all. it's fewer than we had during the pandemic when we were trying to not let people go in the same space around each other. And they're not saying you can't have more ballot drop boxes. They're no. just making a mandatory minimum. Yeah. Uh, The bill enraged Democrats and activists and corporations immediately advocated against the bill with companies like Atlanta-based Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines issuing statements against it. President Joe Biden said uh, to ESPN on Wednesday, (laughs) really? He had an interview with ESPN. ESPN landing those big interviews. Mm, That he would strongly support the MLB moving the game. How does the president support? Uh. Hey, listen, MLB, I just, look, you have my full support. (laughs) 
Quote, a beautiful ballpark in a state whose voting system is designed to enable safe, secure, and easy-to-use voting, Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser said in a tweet. In the case of Colorado and Georgia, both states require voters to show an ID when voting in person, although Georgia also requires a proof of identity to verify absentee votes. Voters in Georgia who don't have an ID can use a bank statement, utility bill, social security number, or another government document with their name on it instead, according to the Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Colorado also still relies on signature matching to verify absentee ballots, a practice Georgia abandoned. They just threw it out with the wind. Colorado Public Radio reported that ballots rejected because of signature discrepancies are most likely to impact young voters or voters from counties with a high number of non-white residents. Colorado also sends absentee ballots to all registered voters, while Georgia sends ballots only if requested to make sure ballots are sent to uh, are sent to incorrect addresses or to people who are no longer eligible. Suppression. <laughs> suppression if you have to request an absentee ballot that's suppression insubordinate <laughs> and churlish georgia's laws also provide more early voting opportunities a practice known to directly impact how many minorities can access the polls the washington post reported that because the cost of voting are higher for minorities but how <laughs> tell me how the cost is higher they just say it with just nothing. say it. Remember when we had to write papers, you had to have like you had to cite your references. Yeah. Cite your what we cite had that, your sources. We had that one guy on our Facebook forever. He's probably still there. He's probably there Old today. Lee yeah. Thompson. Probably there. Doesn't matter what you post, cite your sources. <laughs> cite your sources. How? How? Tell me. The, the Washington the, Post reported <laughs> that because the cost of voting are higher for minorities. The just, only way that this would just cost more. The only way that this would make any statistical sense is if you uh, say that people who have hourly jobs or jobs where it's it's harder to leave work or or whatever, or people who have those jobs and they use public transportation or they're less likely to have a mode of transportation whatsoever, that those people would have a harder time voting. And so when you have these types of rules that do any type of restriction on early voting, then you would say that that disproportionately affects minorities. That's yeah. all I can come up with. Mm -hmm. I just went ahead and I just went ahead and BS that for you, but that's what I can guess right mm -hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. People will prioritize what they want to do. I'll tell you that <laughs> much right now. Colorado has a much smaller black population than Georgia, about 9%. <laughs> I know. It's versus 51%. So they're moving the MLB game, by the way, to a more white state. Way more way white state. Way more white state. <laughs> Colorado permits two fewer days of early voting than Georgia 17. Another point of criticism is Georgia's criminalization of bringing food and water to those waiting in line to vote. Colorado does allow these comfort teams, but prohibits them from giving water or snacks if they are wearing apparel associated with a political party, candidate, or ballot issue, according to Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. So basically the same this thing. Exact same thing as yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Same so, thing. It's um, just, wow. And so what, what you're really finding out here, like what we said yesterday, this has nothing to do with voting rights. This has nothing to do with Jim Crow 2.0. This really has to do with the voting bill that the federal government wants to pass and it's all about using people's anger 
in a in a time that you can use it. And just it's just all about creating victims. Yeah. You know, it's that's creating that's, hatred, creating victims. There's no responsibility. If you want to vote, you'll figure out a way to go vote. Yeah. It's not hard. It's, and why are we even talking about we're literally like solving antiquated problems with antiquated solutions. I mean, to me, these are antebellum problems, even. <laughs> you know? Um, and we're using antebellum solutions. Interesting stat here between Colorado and Georgia. You know, Colorado still uses the signature verification, which we talked about yesterday. I think signature ver verification is a stupid thing to use when it comes to ballots because I sign my name differently all the time. Charlie said he does too. A lot of people on the podcast said that too. Well, Georgia got rid of that and they're going to use ID instead. So if you happen to sign your name differently, you're not going to get your ballot rejected. So Georgia got rid of that. Colorado still has it. And so you might wonder how big of a part does that play? Well, what's interesting is Georgia's signature rejection rate in 2020, when they still had that rule in place, they rejected about 2,000 ballots in 2020 which was 0.15% rejection rate for those ballots. Colorado in 2020, they rejected 29,000 ballots in 2020, or a 0.9% rejection rate. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a six times higher rejection rate than what Georgia has. So which one is more restrictive when it comes to actually counting people's votes mm. after they vote? I think the fact that Colorado has way less black people, <clears throat> I mean that right there. It's doesn't they're, they're moving it to a more that's a racist move it doesn't have anything to it's do a with, racist with any of move. that is the is why no one on the left is going to care and they're going to make arguments for why colorado's laws are okay <laughs> and they'll find the little differences like colorado automatically sends out absentee ballots to everyone and they'll say well this is why colorado's laws aren't racist and it's okay to have the mlb game there mm -hmm. where in georgia you have to request one for them to send it to you Ooh. There's no way minorities can request an absentee ballot. Mm -hmm. What are, what are we gonna do? We, oh man, we thought they, they were just as smart and talented as white people. The, the, blatant, <laughs> the blatant racism from ideas from the left and things that they'll talk about is is another disgusting thing that I can't believe we've just let go on this long. But this idea that we've already talked about the minorities just they can't figure it out. We've got to just coddle the hell out of all minorities because there's no way they could fill out a ballot request. No way possible. Mm -mm. They could you listen. Anyone we're going to start voting for them. Any Georgia minority <laughs> listening to me right now. There's going to be an election. A big one coming up in 2022. There's probably one every single year, I assume. And it's going to be in November more than likely, and there's going to be a big one in 2022. There's going to be a big one in 2024. I need you to put down on your freaking schedule that you need to request a ballot. And I believe you can do it. I completely believe that you can do the same thing as all the white people in the state are going to have to do. Well, they probably don't even have access to this podcast, Nate. I know. I know. It, you know, they don't, they don't know how to internet even. <laughs> they just, that's true. You know, yeah. they don't know how to use the internet. They can't even, they can't ah. get to the library and use the free internet at the library that everyone has access to. Free? For, for them. <laughs> for, for, well... Uh, the at the counter it's free yeah there's no charge immediately right <laughs> then i mean right. look the, at this rate i think alcohol laws are are obviously racist obviously. you have to have an id to mm -hmm. buy alcohol mm -hmm. it's ridiculous you have to have id to buy cigarettes now to get on a plane 21 delta airlines travel you gotta have an id 
That's right. They do require that. They, Delta doesn't allow minorities to travel on their planes. That's how disgusting this has become. Mm-hmm. They have a rule set in place to stop minorities from flying on Delta Airlines. That's what they've done. It's an ID requirement. I know. That's what they've done here. It's disgusting. And to book a ticket, you'd have to do that in advance, which there's no way a minority could do. <laughs> you guys you have to realize rec- how stupid... You have to request a reservation. <laughs> you guys realize how stupid these ideas are. And this... Like, the, the, like what someone just said, the, the soft bigotry of low... Expe- it's not even soft anymore. The hard bigotry of low expectations. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm, ha- I'm hated today. I'm hated. I don't know if I have any Irish, but if I do, it's up. I'll tell you what. He's he hated. <laughs> I'm, he, I'm feeling he added today. He added. Are you hangry? Speak, I, I'm always hangry because I eat at 6.30 a.m. and I don't eat again until about 7 p.m. every day. So by the way, this you, time, I'm hangry. You just, on the microphone, you just spit mm. um, a lot of good tweets, by the way. So I did. Go back and... Grab those. I I I tweeted something that I thought might have just been too, even though it was obviously a joke from me and a joke from our podcast. I decided not to tweet it last night, and um, I I hate that. That's that's where we've become. You know, another crazy thing. I don't know if you guys feel this way. When I wear shirts like this that say "Don't tread on me," and then I go to Walmart and I have this shirt on and I have my American flag mask on and I also have a hat on that's got an American flag on it. I feel uncomfortable to tell you the truth. I feel uncomfortable when I'm there. Yesterday I was wearing a shirt that said it was, had a had a a death machine, a death machine gun on the front of it. Shoots a hundred rounds a second machine gun on the front of it. You got a million uh, clip on there. Yeah, too. I had a million, million clip. Round clip. Yeah, and it, it shoots so fast. And I had a shirt that had a, a a picture of this gun, which I bought at a gun show. You know, at a, without a background, with check. no background check and no ID, mm-hmm. nothing like that. And I also had my American flag mask on, and I also had my American flag hat on. And I was honestly like, I was, I felt uncomfortable about it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah, we need concealed carry laws. The other day, the other day, concealed sh- shirting laws. Exactly. <laughs> the other day, Lacey went in to pick up some food for us. And she didn't have a mask, but I had a, all my American flag masks and all that on there. She put it on inside out where it was just white on the other side i was like you're not going to wear it out she goes not in front of people that are preparing my food (laughs) that's where we're at right now that's where we're at Mm. i don't know if everyone feels that way but yeah i feel that way sometimes it's crazy you've never felt that i don't care (laughs) i you know i walk around life and not caring what people think i reached an age i I don't know when it was i just don't quite frankly nate i don't give a shit (laughs) i don't care what people think anymore you know, I wear what I want. I, I go where I want, when I want. It's obviously my white privilege. Yeah. That's why I don't care anymore. You, coming from, you know, slight Asian descent, <laughs> it's probably why you have those feelings. I've both been an oppressor and the victim throughout you, my entire yeah, life. You need to work on your yeah. whiteness, honestly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay, we got one more story in here. Thanks to whoever posted it in the group. From the Daily Wire, thanks, Ben. From the Daily Wire, thanks, Ben. The Biden administration is considering restarting the border wall construction to plug gaps amid Biden's border crisis. This isn't true. It is true. This is not true. (laughs) It's true. Oh, my God. The Biden administration. Now, it's reportedly that could mean anything. 
Who knows? The Biden administration is reportedly... I mean, you're happy about this, I know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not happy about this. The Biden Hang on, read that again. What, what is this? The Biden administration is considering restarting the border wall to plug gaps <laughs> amid okay. the border crisis. We're missing something here. There's... The Biden admin is reportedly considering restarting construction of former President Donald Trump's wall along the U.S.-Mexico border as the administration struggles to maintain control of the worsening border crisis. Mm. Biden Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said during a conversation with ICE employees last week, the administration was considering finishing gaps in the wall. Now, if you're just finishing gaps in the wall, then you're that's not, not bu- that's not racist. No, that's not, not anti-immigrant. That's no. not building a wall. You're finishing mm-hmm. gaps in the wall. Of course. Quote. Who's paying for it? Mexico, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's not a single answer to a single question. There are different projects that the chief of the Border Patrol has presented and the acting commissioner of CBP presented to me, Myrka said. According to the notes of the ICE session reviewed to the Washington Times, the president has communicated quite clearly his decision that the emergency that triggered the DOD funds to the construction of the wall is ended. So they're not going to use the emergency DOD funds to do it. But that leaves room to make decisions as the administration, as part of the administration, in particular areas of the wall that need renovation, particularly projects that need to be finished. Particularly projects that need to be finished. Like a wall. Like the wall at the border. Anyway, the Times said that Mallorca specifically mentioned those particular projects included gaps, gates and areas where the wall has been completed, but the technology has not been implemented. Mm. The report noted that the new completion section of the border wall is more than just a wall and and it includes technology that allows authorities to detect incursions and features high speed roads that allow for rapid response. The report also highlighted recent polling that showed the majority of Americans, 53%, support construction of the border wall. I can't. I know. What? It's okay. They're going to build roads. (laughs) I just, what is going on? What is happening? What What is happening? I feel like I'm not even in reality anymore. My head is spinning. I can't. Magoo said, consider America's mask. <laughs> it's to stop others from. <laughs> um, here's what we've, here's what we've landed on. And it had, this had a, a common theme throughout today's conversations. Um, there's no principles. I'm, spe- there, I'm speechless. I know. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and make some sense out of it. But there are no principles. You know, this whole conversation about, uh, first off, the first conversation, the rich aren't going to leave. There's always going to be 1%. Also, we need to make sure that we have a minimum tax to make sure that the rich can't leave. So taxes do incentivize people to move around. We're going to move the MLB All-Star game because we're super mad about Georgia to a state that's got pretty much the same laws as Georgia. And everyone's going to be happy about it. And oh, by the way, that's mostly mostly white people who live in the state and we're and that's going to be fine and everyone on the left is going to be totally fine there's not going to be outrage about that at all and biden is going to consider finishing the gaps in the wall and that's probably because trump failed so 
egregiously at completing this project. And now we have to finish Trump's gaps. But it's okay, guys. He's not going to tweet mean things. Mm-mm. Everyone rest assured, mm-hmm. Biden will not tweet mean things about people from Mexico while they are finishing the wall. Obviously, they, in, in the recent polling that showed the majority of Americans are racist. Yeah. Now, that's, 53%. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I can tell. I, I mean, look, I still disagree with our immigration policy. I think it's way too cumbersome to come to a, some dirt. Yeah. You know, that we've decided that we own. <clears throat> That we took from the American Indians and said, this is ours. And now we're going to restrict you from coming in and out. You know, I, um, I'm with uh, Milton Friedman. The only good in immigration is illegal immigration because of, of everything they've got set up. But we are, I hate to sound like Alex Jones, but we're in a world right now. <laughs> Wake up America. I'm not going to say that. I won't even I, say I, I only I won't even say the, the words together. Or slap the table at the same time. I, we're in a world where literally up is down, mm-hmm. and down is right, <laughs> and left is sideways. And I can't tell. You're so far up, Mister Johnson's ass. <laughs> I can't tell where he ends and you begin. <laughs> I don't know which way is up. <laughs> That's from Liar Liar, by the way. <sighs> <laughs> so. This underlying, I haven't even heard of this, of course. Yeah. And even you buried it way down in the notes. Yeah, it's the last thing. But let, uh, not a lot of people are going to make it all the way to that story in the podcast. Most people only listen to 40 minutes. So that's when we start to get boring, apparently. <sighs> Charlie's upset. Can't, I, yeah, I literally, I don't even, I this whole show, by the way. I don't, I don't even know what we do. What do you do about this? What I do don't you do about this. I don't know what to actually, the only thing I can actually figure out to do about any of this is to try and start teaching the next generation to be better than this, because obviously our parents effed up big time, mm-hmm. like, and our grandparents, they totally fell asleep at the wheel when it came to raising good people, uh, even though they, generally, yeah. you know, um, and Jesus and, take the wheel thing didn't work. No, no, that, that didn't work whatsoever. And so all I can figure out is that what we have to do, what we have to do is make sure that the next generation is better than this. We have to focus on education. I think there's a reason that towards, uh, that, that, um, towards the end of Ron Paul's career politically, he focused on the Ron Paul homeschooling. And that's what he really, you know, that's like kind of his legacy he's trying to leave uh, for all of us, for our children, is the Ron Paul homeschooling. Because I think that the education part of this is going to be the only thing that we can actually do to fix the problem. I think people have sat down and they've thought through all of this. What are we going to do? We're going to use the government to stop this. We have, a, we have a cultural problem here. We have an ideological problem here. And what we know from what we've done around the whole country and what we've done in this co- around the whole world and around the country is that you don't stop people's ideas with any type of force. That's the, it's not going to go away. You can't forcefully make people believe a certain, a, a different thing. And so I don't look to the government to solve any of these problems. I look to people like us and like the people who listen to the show and specifically those on Patreon who put their money where their mouth is uh, that 
we are going to make sure that we can do homeschooling or that you go to good to good schools and in good areas where the next generation is going to be better than this and that you take care of your family in the best way that you can and you try to shield your family from all of this malarkey that's going on and that you uh, try to become separated from it in whatever way you possibly can that's really the only thing i can come up with short of having some type of freaking armed conflict between people and that's that's really that's not what i want to see i don't think it would end well i think that i think that the side with the guns would win that armed conflict but i don't think it would solve the problems because we have an idea we have an ideology problem now and no, no one's talking about this no I'm, I'm looking it up right now and literally it's only either right-leaning or or it's a couple uh central um no one's reporting on this there's no no one yeah and what what we have to remember that this did come from the daily wire what they essentially have is the homeland security secretary saying that they are considering finishing gaps in the wall and gaps should be a trending topic on twitter right now if the left actually cared about the things that act like it acted like it cared about all the time the collective left and i'll put them collectively since they love collectivization so much the collective left doesn't actually care about whether or not there is a wall at the border. They care about demonizing people that have different ideas than they do. They care mm -hmm. about painting people as racists all the time. They cared about using whatever they could to try and destroy Donald Trump as if he wasn't going to do that on his own somehow. They tried to do whatever they could to use everything they could to try and destroy Trump when it came to the wall, when it came to racism and all that. And they actually don't have any of these ideas whatsoever. They're just using it for their own political gains so they can achieve their own political gains so they can achieve the power that they want to implement all the policies that they actually want. Mm -hmm. And that's all I can really see. Mm. That's, a, that's, that's all I see from the left. No I'm, principle whatsoever. I'm not usually speechless, but I know. it's just unbelievable to me. <clears throat> I have this, um, I don't know what you call it. Um, some people would say Asperger's. But yeah. I don't know. I have this thing where things have to be like true and right. Like if you're telling me a story and you, and you slip in there, like, you know, and you're like, Oh yeah. You know, we were talking two plus two is three. And we were, uh, you know, you go this whole story. I'm like, well, no, two plus two is four, by the way. And then keep going. Like I yeah. have to interject. I don't know what it is inside of me that, that, that just vomits that out when people are saying something. I know you didn't say that. You said this is actually what you said uh, verbatim, <laughs> by the way. And, this is every word that yeah, you said. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that is, uh, yeah. but it exists in me. Oh, I when I'm and so when I'm at home talking to Lacey, I conduct myself like a defense attorney. <laughs> I can't. I <laughs> There's literally, like a court reporter on the side. I don't know how to explain this, except I literally cannot comprehend this. It, it, it my, I, there's an error going on right now <laughs> you hit an error i have yeah. an error we there's gotta a fix bug. the code there's yeah. a bug in, in the system someone put a comma in the wrong spot mm -hmm. and charlie's brain stopped working he yeah. just lost all muscle control is all brain i lost he all just, brain control he just lost his brain control and it's it, it's this this type of thing is so infuriating to me so infuriating um you know i don't really like when I, I just hate when people twist stuff and all kinds of things i don't know what it is inside of me that that, that controls that perhaps it's alien oriented i don't know <laughs> But I, I just can't wrap my head around this. Well, that's kind of why, stuff. like last year, in the last couple of years, you know, when we first started, we weren't 
Our podcast didn't bring in news stories and talk about news stories and try to destroy the ideas or point out all the factual inaccuracies and stuff like that. That's not what we really started off doing. But I'm the same way. I realized that when I see a news organization manipulating statistics and facts or taking things out of context, anything like that, it drives me insane. Like, and I don't, I don't know what that comes from. But when I see that manipulation, whether it's statistics or words or whatever, it drives me nuts. Like, you know what I'm legitimately thinking about right now? It's like, how do I get a press pass <laughs> so I can fly to D.C. and ask the press secretary about this? Like, why is no one talking about this? She wouldn't respond to it. Then I would get a meeting with old Biden himself. <clears throat> I'd lure him in somehow with chocolates and Hunter's and, laptop. <laughs> Hunter's laptop and and also uh, uh, giving him a chance at the Senate again. <laughs> Everyone's talking about what you'd have to do to to get. <laughs> Anyway, oh yeah, that would require an ID. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening today. Um, as always, stay classy. That's an important thing that we have to talk about. We're not going to bore you with ads about the Liberty Trading Academy at MasterMySongs.com or using the promo code Save Twenty to save twenty percent for first two months. We're not going to talk about that really whatsoever or mention the Patreon group. You go to patreon.com slash Liberty and pay a little $5 a month. And you can watch the show live with us every day when we record and hang out. That's not something we would do either. You got to go, don't you? I've got to go. So we can't talk about those things, yeah. you know, um, but I, but I will insert the ad. But what we do have to tell you is what Charlie tells us every day, which is to share with your friends. Sharing is caring. Yeah. It's, that's still true. In this instance, mm-hmm. sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. People need to know about the wall, folks. They need, <laughs> they need to know about this kind of stuff. I, you're not. Uh, you'll you'll probably hear it on a few other podcasts, and that's about it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, welcome to being the actual woke crowd. Share it with a share it with a friend. Share it with an enemy. Share it with the people you care about. Share it with the people you hate about. Um. Share it high and low, far and wide, deep and wide. And leave us that rating and review on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts. Sorry, not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcast or Stitcher, wherever you can leave that review because that helps us in the charts. We've gotten some new reviews lately, so really appreciate you folks doing that. We have some new Patreon members, so welcome to those folks. We're not talking about how you do that, though. Patreon.com slash Liberty. But, uh, you know, I still, as much as I'm speechless at the end of this show, I still really enjoy uh, every single day that we come to do this. And I like being on time, by the way, I decided that today <laughs> being on time is a little bit better. Although I, I caught just as much shit, I think, um, as whether I was not on time. So I'm trying to weigh out whether it matters. Actually. So the incentive structure for being on time has not really mm. made itself obvious no, to you. Uh, only you know? my own mental health, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know that you did better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which I'm working on with BetterHelp. So, yeah, got that going for me. So, <laughs> slash GML. So, slash GML. Yeah, BetterHelp slash GML. That's the only place where I'm actually getting the help I need. So, did you hear? <laughs> have you heard the ad that I put in there on our podcast, by no, the way? I haven't. I, I go with betterhelp.com slash GML. It's Charlie's favorite app. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. All right, guys. If you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. You stay classy.